What up, Clips and Drew Nation? You are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew Podcast, episode 173, Capital Punishment. What is going on with Bradley Beal in Washington? The frustrations are mounting. Trade rumors surrounding the Clippers, Derrick Rose, Lonzo Ball, I don't want any of them. And could Andre Drummond become the next member of the Brooklyn Nets? Is that possible? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew! Cue that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard something like this before. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 17, Trey. Uh, it is the day after uh, January 26th. It's January 27th today. Yesterday was the year anniversary of Kobe. I cannot believe how fast this year has gone, Drew. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been a year. Um, I ESPN ran you know, some stuff you know, in, in remembrance of Kobe on Sunday, uh, which was uh, like three days before or two days before the actual anniversary. And I, I recorded it all. And then I, I waited until yesterday to watch it. And the special that they did with, I think it was Lisa Salters and Jeremy Schapp was amazing and like brutal. And I, I fucking bawled, like I cried my eyes out, both me and my girlfriend just crying on the couch uh you know on a on a tuesday night and yeah it just still doesn't it's it's so surreal like it doesn't seem like not only a year ago but the the fact that he's dead like it just still and i think part of that for me is because so much shit has happened <laughs> since he's died like the world is on fire uh you know you have covid and fucking police brutality and protests and fucking bubbles insurrection insurrection of the capital yeah the lakers won a championship um like all of this shit has gone down it was a it was super easy for me to kind of like push that off and like not think about it because it's so painful but um yeah man i, I just love kobe and watching some of that stuff you know maybe some of that stuff made me smile mm-hmm. the stuff with gg is always going to get me like when when they show pictures of the two of them together uh and especially the one like when she's out there balling just like just absolutely balling out of control on those other girls um that's the stuff that really continues to hit home i don't know if i'll ever get over that i don't think we will we will ever get over it you know just going on social yesterday and seeing how much love kobe got from everybody even like friends of mine that i didn't even know like basketball but posting pictures of him you you saying you were crying you know i have a routine every morning when i wake up i I, I set up our stories for like the day, you know, I like to pull, I've got a, a, a folder of thousands and thousands of pictures that I like to put up. If you don't follow our stories, our stories are lit every single day with some nostalgic stuff. And I got the chills saying this, man, I, I just went through and pulled every single dope Kobe picture I had. And I, if you looked at our story yesterday, Drew, I probably had like 60 up and that's, I never put post that much, but laying in my bed, you know, getting ready to post them and I'm just tearing up looking at it. And then I'm thinking about, you know, where we were last year and how like you and I had a really difficult time. I mean, we didn't even speak for like three days. We didn't drop the, we couldn't even drop the podcast for, it took about four days and it's still to this day, our number one podcast downloaded um, our dear Kobe uh, 
podcast. And I was going to tell you yesterday to throw it up, um, like throw it up. And if people want to listen to it, but you know, it was such a rough time for all of us. And like you said, it being a year, it feels like it's been two weeks, man. It feels like this year just flew by, but you know, <clears throat> you know, I've been big on my clip walk right now. And it's crazy. Cause we have a few followers that are joining me in on this. My girl, Ashlyn, easy in the breeze. A few, a few people have hit me up that are going out and getting their steps. If you don't know what the clip walk is, like I'm getting out, I'm going out and getting 20 K a day. I actually want to be known as 20 K clips from now on drew, if you don't mind, cause okay. your boy's been, your boy's been hitting 20 K every day. And you know, I woke up after I posted all those photos and I said, you know what? I'm going to hit 24 today for Mamba. I'm going to hit 24,000 steps today because that's what, I mean, that's Mamba mentality, right? And not only have I been extremely sore no matter what, but 12 miles, Drew, is a lot. I got 13 miles that day. And wow. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, twenty. I got I got over twenty five thousand at the end of the day. But I hit twenty four, and I remember talking to myself. I was because I finished in my house, and I'm like, you know what, Kobe, I got you. I got your twenty four right here, and it's a lot, dog. It's it's a lot of work, and and uh, you know, I'd like to give a big f you to Jeff, our boy Jeff Crompton who got, got me it. on the uh, you need a weight vest too. You should try that out. So I got one on Amazon. Oh my god! Oh no, listen to this, Drew. I didn't even tell you this yet. So I got one on Amazon. It's a 20 pounder, right? And I finally put, it takes like an hour to get together, put all the sand and shit in it. And like, I put it on and I'm like, yo, I look ridiculous in this. There is no way I'm wearing this (laughs) out, right? I tried it like over a shirt and I'm like, this looks horrible. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I can wear a sweatshirt over it. And that looked even worse. So now I just threw it in my 0.3 backpack. I got the 20 pound vest in the backpack and that's what I'm walking with. But I hit 24K for Kobe and you are still miss Kobe. January 26th will always be your day. And um, yeah, he's going to have two days for me. It's always going to be two days, Uh, August 24th, right? Mm -hmm. 824. Mm-hmm. And then January 26th. Those are the two days that I will always be thinking of Kobe. Oh, yeah. Um, we got a quick hitter for you guys today. A few things going on in the NBA. The first thing I wanted to bring up, Drew, uh, there was a couple games last night. Washington played Houston, and uh, it wasn't a great game, but two things or three things came to my mind. One was Westbrook and Wall got into a, a – a shocking argument. Right. And I was telling Iman on the, on the morning show today, I was on the morning show with basketball news. I'm like, he is like Westbrook gives zero F's about like letting people know that he's upset. And when he's talking shit, like he's so animated when he's talking shit that it's like, damn dude. And John wall and him were going back and forth at it. And John wall had a move last night. Did you see that behind the back shimmy shake to the rack? He looked real nice. Uh, it's Bradley Beal. End of the game, Bradley Beal uh, is almost crying on the bench. You can see the frustration he's having with this team. This guy hates losing. They're 1-8 and eight when Russell's playing, okay? They are not a good team there. Both you and I both had them at least making the play-in in, in uh, the East, and it's just not looking that way. And I posted a uh, – uh, a stat on our page, which was like, Russell has 164 sh- shots – field goals and he's yeah 164 points excuse me on 164 field goal attempts and that is just not going to cut it um i feel for bradley beal and when we were uh, i was talking to etan who played for the the wizards uh and washington's just so upset and they want to see bradley beal 
succeed. And John Wall is so pissed off that like, yo, they knew I wanted to stay there. That's what he said after the game. Like you guys saw me this summer. I was ready to hoop and then to just get rid of me. So it was his revenge game last night. And I just don't know what the answer is for them, man. I think they should blow it up and rebuild, get what they can get for Bradley Beal, which is extremely high right now. Like you can get some value. And I have a couple ideas of what they should do. But what do you think about that situation over there? That's well, not good. I mean, the stat that you mentioned about Russ is shocking. That's shocking. 164 points, the same exact amount of shots that he's taken. That's that's so bad. Yeah, and I, I think I said it um, at the back, the very, very back end of, of one of our pods. Uh, I said, I feel bad for Bradley Beal and that they should have just kept John Wall. I mean, if you were looking at John Wall looking this good in the offseason, and you just let him go. I just I don't get that. I mean, they were they were boys. Like, what well, there was no animosity between Beal and Wall. Um, where I do think there was probably some underlying animosity between Russ and Harden. Right? Like, it makes all the sense in the world for Russ to want to get out of Houston. It didn't make a whole lot of sense for Wall to leave and to bring in a guy who's you know very similar to him, but older and more expensive. Like. Right. I never, I didn't, I never, you know, when the trade happened, we were, I think we were, we were recording when we got the news of the trade and it just, it sounds like a, just a swap for a swap, like just, just because. Um, and I, I'll never really understand that because John Wall and Brad Beal had had success in the past. And I just don't see why you would make that trade, especially given the way that Russell's been playing for the last three years. Like this is not new. What Russell's doing is, is the same thing that he's been doing for three years now and it's been entirely inefficient uh, with a lot of hustle and just a lot of fuck you attitude um, without real regard for anybody else on the squad. So I just, I don't I understand how you feel. I don't understand how you get rid of the guy that you drafted, right? Like he's been there. He's been the heart of your city, you know, and you have a really great one, two punch with Beal and wall. And if I'm Beal looking at wall during the summer, like, damn, okay, my boy's back. You know, it's been a while, but the fact that they, if I was John Wall, I'd be pissed off too, man. And I would have gone at the Washington uh, Wizards last night, full, you know, full steam ahead to try to show them what they missed out on. And that's why we both hope that that Houston really succeeds. I think the bottom, the the underlining question is like, what is the deal with Russ? Right? Like we all know this is a former MVP. This is this is the guy that you know averaged a triple double for a whole season. The, the guy's numbers are ridiculous, but. Just because you have great numbers doesn't mean that you fit in everywhere and it works, right? You just don't plug and play Russell Westbrook and win. And I don't know what his value is right now. Like, could you trade? Because, you know, you kind of want to keep Beal. The guy's killing it in scoring. And he does it from – he's kind of like KD, bro. He can do it any which way you want it. Beal can give it to you. But he also deserves to go somewhere that's going to, you know, give him an opportunity to – be in the playoffs and succeed. And like, they're these teams. The, the one that keeps coming to my head is just OKC, right? Like if you're going to blow it up, Washington, like these guys have a bunch of picks. Uh, Shea and, and, and uh, Beal would be really nice together. I like that a lot. Even the Pelicans who have picks too, and like assets, if Lonzo's, and, and I don't understand why Lonzo's trade value is so high right now. We'll get into Lonzo in a little bit, but 
I think Beal wants to stay there. You can see it with the man crying on the bench, like, fuck, I hate losing. I want to win. I'm doing everything I can possibly do to win. And we're not, it's not happening. And I know we expected more from Bertrands, who's been injured a lot. Rui's not coming there. Denny, nobody's talking about. It. Remember, he was the hot, you know, he was the the hot talk in, in the draft talks, and nothing's happening with that kid as well. So I just don't I think the next move for these guys is to get the most value you can right now with Bradley Beal and let Russell do his thing. Let Russell have the fucking team, give us the picks and maybe, you know, a couple assets if you got it and let's move forward. Cause they're going nowhere, Drew. And it's sad. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's super easy for Russ to be the scapegoat here. And when we've talked about the wizards in this slump that they're in, it, it, it has to do with everybody else other than Beal, right? Russ has a part in this, but so does all the other pieces on the roster that weren't, good enough right so like like, i mean if we do you go back in a time machine and and they don't make the trade with wall uh i don't know how much better they would be i mean yes it it might look better and you might have some more camaraderie there between uh beal and wall but it you know it's a five on five game and if if the other three guys are are bad (laughs) and not capable it doesn't matter i mean you know Anthony Davis and LeBron James are a really good example of being able to, to have two superstars carry a team, but everyone on that team that the Lakers had played their part relatively well, you know, in the championship run that we just had. Um, and clearly Beal and, and Westbrook are not the same as LeBron and AD, but you need contributors. You need Avdia, you need Rui, you need, you know, Bertrands, all those guys that we were hoping would step up are still not doing it. And so I think there's no, I don't have any issues with, with having them decide to, to trade Beal and start from scratch. I don't have any issues with that other than the fact that you're giving away a talent that you're probably not going to see again in your franchise. Um, that's the problem, right? If you're going to do that, like, okay, well, do you trade Beal for Zach Levine? Like, or do you, do you try and trade him for another, you know, maybe up and coming talent? Do you pit, do you do Beal for like Michael Porter Jr. Uh, or, you know, Murray or something like that? Like, I just don't know. It's, it's a tough thing for them to, if they do get rid of Beal for them to make a case that they're going to be any better with, if they bring in a star, like I'm mentioning. Um, And we know if it's a rebuild from the, from the ground up and Russ is your only guy, that's going to be years before you're, you're reaching, you know, the potential that you have if you keep Beal. Um, but they are locked in right now. I mean, you can't trade Russ. I don't think you can trade Russ until next year. I think based on like the fact that he was most recently traded, I think they ha- they, they can't move him at least for a portion of the season. I, I could be wrong on that, but I know there's restrictions on trading guys that you just traded for and that you can't flip them immediately like that. Um, you brought so up maybe – Maybe we're past that, but anyway, I just I don't see it's it's a it's a shitty situation for the Wizards to be in. Uh, I think Russ and Beal are are not clicking, but I also think the problem is deeper than that. You brought up Porter Jr. and who's been killing, and we're both big fans of him. We're not big fans of him like as a person right now, but he the Duke can hoop right, and you know he's been out with COVID catching it twice, and he's been dropping buckets the past couple games. But Denver is basically saying that he's off limits. So, it's, but if I'm Denver and I have the opportunity to get Bradley Beal for Porter, uh, Harris, and like maybe another couple assets, like if I'm if I'm Denver, I'm doing it. And I know Michael is a, a great talent, and he can be the leading scorer on any any 
NBA basketball team, but I'd do it to get Beal. I think the one that makes the most sense for Denver to give up is Murray, actually. I think, I mean, I, if you can keep Michael Porter Jr., who is like a quintessential wing these days in the NBA, like the 6'9", 6'10", scoring wing, I would, I would actually, if I'm Denver, I'd much rather give up Jamal Murray for Brad Beal than I would because then you have the problem of Brad Beal and Murray playing together, which, you know, may or may not actually be a problem if Murray just moves to the point guard and you have those two threats on the court. But for me, I would, I'd rather, you know, we've seen Murray, you know, be amazing. And then we, we see him consistently not be amazing, you know, uh, on and off, you know, for his whole career. Um, and, you know, bringing in the caliber scorer of Brad Beal, I think the fit is better for Denver. I mean, it's just whether or not Washington would want that. And I still think, Philly, we know Daryl Morey is is having a pretty good season. They're still the number one seed. They did have a run of games where they lost like five in a row or four in a row uh, before their most recent win. I still think Simmons is out there, you know, as a trade piece. And, you know, then you go, well, does Washington want Simmons and Westbrook, who are, you know, just different sized versions of themselves? Um, Think about the shooting percentage of that backcourt, bro. Think about that backcourt shooting percentage. But I mean, that's something that I brought up, you know, two years ago, even was Brad Beal for Simmons, just like, boom, let's go like make the change. Let's see if, if that can work. And, and, you know, I guess the thing is, if you're Philly and you don't want to do that, you probably are going, well, let's not let's not introduce another thing that might slip up and beat off of his track right now. Mm-hmm. Like, let's keep the status quo. Let's keep Embiid cooking. We don't need, you know, a, a, a conversation to be moving from is this. Embiid's team to Simmons' team to now is this Embiid's team or Beal's team? We don't need that. Like, let's just keep status quo. Let's keep our heads down, and we're gonna we're gonna grind the season out and see where it's at. But I do think, you know, Brad Beal is definitely the best asset available right now for trade. That and and who knows if that's even real? But like, if we're looking around the league, you know, he's he would be the number one guy. I think on a lot of people's lists, that if they could trade for him, that would be something they would do. And he could do the total James Harden treatment of just like, let me just mail this in until they fucking trade me. Right. Like and that's just not in his makeup though. It's not going to happen. So uh, we've been talking about the, the wizards a lot lately on our show and I'm kind of over it. Just get, get Brad Beal to a, to a team that deserves him so he can shine. This guy is so good. Let him go. Um, or pick up some other good players. Right, like right. if you, if you're going to hold on to him, let's, let's actually start building a better team around him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the other side. Totally agree with you. Uh, my worst fear happened the other night, Drew. Everything that we've been talking about, about the COVID catching the Clippers or the Lakers. And I got the tweet the other, or I got the, the text the other night with, with uh, PG and Kawhi are going to be out due to contact tracing. And I, 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 my heart dropped. We're on the longest road trip of our season. And right before we go into it, this happens. And immediately I'm like, of course, it has to be Paul George and Kawhi. Like it can't be Pat Patterson and Luke Kennard. No, it's got to be Paul George and Kawhi. Right. But they've, they, it turned up their negative. We, they might be able to play in Orlando. They have to test like a couple more times before, but they are negative. Um, but we had our first game last night against Atlanta on the road trip. And actually I was really excited for this game because I'm like, okay, no Kawhi, no PG. This is, let's see how Ty Lue is going to coach this game. Let's see how our young bucks step up. And I was actually really impressed, Drew. I mean, if you told me our starting lineup that last night was Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, Ibaka and Terrence Mann. Okay. Like that is not a great starting lineup when you think about it. But these boys played like they looked really good. Reggie, Reggie, who two weeks ago 
Tyrone Lou had to, had to sit him down after practice and let him know like, Hey, you're probably not going to be in the rotation for a while. Like Luke, Luke's getting a lot of the minutes. They need to give Lou some minutes and, and we'll get into Lou in a minute. Um, but every time this guy's number's been called, he showed up. Last night, he almost triple-doubled. He looked really good. And I was more excited to see just how these guys were going to work without Kawhi and Paul. And I thought they did a really good job. We obviously didn't get the shots, a lot of the shots. And Pat Bev didn't play either due to, to knee soreness. So we had three of our starting five out. Um, and when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, if you take LeBron and AD out of the game, like, how good are the Lakers going to be? If you take Middleton and, and Giannis out of a game, like it, it was just, it was interesting to see that. And if Trey Young didn't get hot in the fourth, we were probably going to win that game. But did you get to, did you get to watch that game? I watched uh, a part of it. And when I realized that both Kawhi and PG were out and Pat, and Pat Beverly, I, uh, I switched the channel. There's nothing that you can do in a situation like that other than take it for what the way that you are like, this is a great opportunity for everyone else to get involved. And the fact that Reggie was coming in cold and was able to, you know, put up 20 points. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. And that's what, that's what those guys need. Those bench guys really need some games to stretch their legs and get in rhythm, uh, get some confidence. Uh, but not only that, but I think um, it's you know, obviously it's huge that, that both PG and Kawhi are negative because there was talks that they had a positive test I think initially that was what I heard. And I was like, oh, no, that's going to be like 14 days. Like that's going to be a lot of games. And so it's great that they're negative and that, we, you know, they should be back. You know, maybe they missed the next game, but they should be back soon. And more, but more than that, I think the only thing that I would have loved to see is Batum. Uh, like this, this would have been a great opportunity for Batum to go. Let me see what I got offensively. Let me see what I can do. Uh, you know, as the kind of, you know, the I would, you know, you look at that, that starting lineup. It's like, all right. Reggie and Kennard and Batum are the scorers. So like, let's go, let's go get a bucket. And Batum only had five points in like 30 something minutes. So that's not great. Well, the whole thing was the shots that the Clippers get because of Kawhi and Paul George, the stat, the the stat of the week is whoever, whoever takes this stat, I don't know if it's synergy or whoever it is. They said 84% of the Clippers three point shots are considered wide open. Okay. Wow. Why 84%. And that's why Pat Beverly is shooting so high. Uh, Paul George is at 50% clip. Luke Kennard's been shooting so well. Batum from the corner. These guys are getting open looks, and they're doing exactly what they should be doing with knocking down open jumpers. So when you take that away, and Ty has been really adamant about working inside out, you know, getting the ball into the Ibaka, drawing the double teams, the extra pass, and these guys are getting big looks and good looks. So last night they kind of had to – definitely work for it nothing was easy last night there wasn't a lot of there was a couple Marcus Morris like uh wide open threes but other than that like Batum had had a hand in his face Reggie had a hand in his face Luke had his hand in, in his face and we did not shoot well from three and that's kind of been our staple all season is we've been shooting so well from three um so but what I'm taking away from it is I'm fine with it Another one of these losses where it's like we could have won. Uh, we just if we hit, would have hit two more of those shots, we would have been fine. I also thought there was there was two suspect calls on on Zubak, which I'm not even going to get into uh, during crunch time. And you know Trey Young just is like the mini. I'm comparing him to like Chris Paul and Steph because he can shoot the rock like Steph, and he draws the Chris Paul fouls now. You know the speed up and stop on a dime and get the guy to bump you in the back create the contact. He got to the line way too much last night. So um, 
but like you said, our biggest fear was, yo, if two of our best players come down and we're missing 14 days and we're playing six games in those 14 days, especially with how close everything is with the Lakers, Clippers, and Utah right now, with as hot as Utah is playing and the Lakers not dropping any games, like, yo, we can drop to sixth if we drop, if we, if we drop the next four. So let's see what happens with, with Kawhi and, and Paul George and Pat Bev. Pat Bev wasn't even in Atlanta. Uh, I don't think he went on the road trip. I don't know if Pat Bev is going to be out for the whole road trip or he's going to meet up with them at some point. But again, these are key players that we definitely need. I want to touch on the fact that, that, that Lou Williams is, is, is being trash right now. Like, and I can't believe I'm saying that Um, he is playing horribly. And there's been, I've had a lot of Clipper fans hitting me up like, yo, if, 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 if Lou doesn't show up tonight, I'm over him. Let's, let's ship him out. Let's get rid of him. Lou will has won way more games for us than he's lost. All right. Lou will is for the past four years has saved our asses so many times. And yeah, He's not playing well right now. I don't know what's going on. Dude, the last five games, four for 14, one for nine, three for eight, two for eight, 0 for three. Okay, he's averaging uh, almost nine points a game, shooting 38% from the field, 35 from three. And there's just moments in the game, Drew, where it's like he's making really bad plays. He's turning the ball over. This isn't Lou. This isn't the Lou I know. And then, you know, there's a lot of trade rumors going on. And when you're seeing guys like Reggie Jackson actually stepping it up and hitting shots and like making, and Reggie does take some bad shots during the game too. He does like, he's one of the, him and Marcus Morris both are like, yo, if he hits two in a row, he's jacking the next two, no matter what's happening. But I think they're going to look at trades for Lou Williams I don't want to change anything. Once again, I think we need to give Lou at least the road trip. Let's see if he can come out of this spell. But the rumors right now are Clippers are looking at Lonzo and Clippers are looking at Derrick Rose. And you know as well as I do, Derrick is a guy that I wanted last year. Um, you and I both were kind of like that. And you Lakers had an opportunity to get him as well. And Detroit wouldn't pull the, wouldn't pull, uh, the, the trigger on it. Um, out of both of those two, Yes, the money works with Derrick Rose. Him and Lou kind of make the same amount of money. But would I rather have Derrick Rose coming off the bench or would I rather have Lou fucking Williams come off the bench? Lonzo, I don't want to touch. Like, it's they're trying to package Lonzo and JJ to somewhere, um, which I think they can get somebody for. There's definitely people that could use a point guard and JJ Redick. I don't think it's the Clippers. Um, I don't think it's a step up from like, is Lonzo going to be our starting point guard over Pat Bev? No, I don't want that. And a lot of people would, would say, yes, I want Lonzo. Lonzo's 12 points a game, four assists, one steal. 38% from field goal, 29 from three right now. Um, Derek Rose is, is, is a little bit better. Rose is uh, almost 15 a game, five assists, 43 field goal, 33 from three. So if we make the trade, if it has to go down, which I don't want it to go. I'm going to go on the record and say that one more time. I don't want that to happen. I would rather have Derrick Rose coming off of our bench. What do you, what do you think about both those trade scenarios? Well, I was, I was on the other side of Lou Will after the bubble. I thought it was a perfect time to sell high on Lou Will. Uh, I mean, say what you want. I mean, I suppose after he won the sixth man the year before, it was probably the highest that you could have gotten a return on Lou Will. Uh, I did. I thought he was not good, you know, in really big moments um, in the playoffs for you guys. And I think that was evident, not of just of him and nobody was Paul George. And 
that's the thing. Like the whole, n- nobody was really doing a great job uh, towards the end there. But I think specifically Lou also really kind of lost his way at, you know, in that bubble, uh, especially after like the whole, you know, kind of scandal thing where he goes to Atlanta and, and you know, what, all pepper, that Lou. stuff happened. I just, right. <laughs> right. I, uh, I think good organizations are always listening to suitors and, and proposing trades to see if they can make themselves better. So I think, I think in this case, I would trust Lawrence Frank and your front office. If they deem, you know, Lou will not necessary. And they think that Derek Rose or, you know, whoever that they're, that they are thinking about bringing in is going to provide better value to your team. I, I got to trust that, that, that those guys know what they're doing and Lou Will's getting old. I mean, that's the thing about Lou Will. He's been in the league for a long goddamn time. And, you know, if he's missing and that's what's been happening, his value is is almost nothing, right? I mean, sure, he's he he's he's a decent ball handler. He's he's a I think a better passer than he gets credit for, but he doesn't pass that often. I do think that there's better options out there for you if he's gonna continue to play like this. Now, if Pat Bev goes down, maybe that increases the urgency with which, you know, the Clippers think they need to get a replacement in and that they can't lose these games. And if Lou Williams is, uh, you know, what they're thinking is, is a big part of why they might be losing some of these games or they don't trust him coming in and they'd rather see Reggie Jackson uh, in that role with Luke Kennard, then, okay, like maybe it's time, maybe it's time to cut the cord and let Lou go. And look, if there's one thing we know about Lou, he's all right with traveling to a different team and then, stepping in and being like the Lou will that we've seen. Like, I think sometimes for scores like that, a, f- a refresher, a change of scenery can reinvigorate them. But what he's done, especially in the last two years for your team is you're right. Like he has won games for that organization. Many. Uh, I would argue. Yeah. And I would argue, you know, in Paul George's early career, Lou will has, has won more games than Paul George has in those, in some of those crucial moments in those, you know, fourth quarters when he hits big buckets. So I think his time at the, at the Clippers, if it comes to an end, will be remembered fondly, um, you know, when it's all said and done, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair thing to look at. I mean, he's got to be 34, 35 years old now, right? Yeah. And he's been playing since he was 18. And like, I'm with you on that, Drew. I totally agree with you. And I had a, uh, a DM from our boy Hector who, who listens to the show and is a big time Clipper fan. And he asked about, he sent me like the Lonzo clip and I'm like, no, I don't want Lonzo. I said, Derek Rose is interesting. And I said, but I don't want to get rid of Lou. Just what I, what I just told you, like he's won more games for us. I think he deserves a chance to get out of this slump. And Hector said, he said, um, it's not about what was, it's about what is like, what is now. So there is a time where like, you know, us as fans, we need to be like, okay, well, he's not fucking performing. And if you're in a job, like, and you're not doing your job, what you're there to do, and it's not working out, then we got to find a replacement. And so as long as the replacement is worthy of Lou, you know, I, again, I'm going to say it for the third time. I think we need to see how this road trip goes. Shooters shoot their way out of slumps. Derek Rose will be there. Um, and again, the money works out. And I think Derek Rose would be a great fit for us. I do. And, and I think Lou's a little shook too. Like Luke comes in, he's got, we got Reggie Jackson there. We got Pat Bev shooting the lights out at 40 at 40 over 40%. And Luke was there at 50% and Reggie's now coming in. And so maybe Lou doesn't feel like, you know, like he needs to be that, 
that that hot cat, like the old school Jamal. Because, dude, two years ago, Lou Williams comes in the game. Every play is running for Lou. Like we're getting Lou the shot, Lou the shot. He averaged 18 points a game for the past three years, dude. And when you're dropping by 10 points and you're shooting this bad, especially like we just said, you're getting open looks. Like you're also getting a lot of looks. Like Lou got Lou got four wide open shots last night, and they were they weren't bad shots, but they were in and out. But there comes a time where we might have to let you know let him go, and so I'd be fine if it's a Derrick Rose replacement. I'll be sad as a Clipper fan, though. I think the other thing too is that you know something that we haven't mentioned is his partner in crime and somebody that made his life a lot easier in Montrezl Harrell isn't there anymore, and they did not replace that person for Lou. He can't run the pick and roll with. He can't run the pick and roll the same way with Zubac that he that he was able to run with Harold. And that's no, but you truth. can get no, but you can get your open looks. Ibaka and, and Zub and Zub set you some really nice screens. They both roll to the. I get what you're saying about Trey. Ibaka is fine. Ibaka is fine, but he's not really playing that much with Ibaka, right? If he's coming in with the second unit, that usually means he's playing with Zub, and they just don't have. You know, it would be fine with me. Like shit, if they had like Javale McGee, for instance. Like somebody that can roll to the rim and throw down a thunderous dunk in traffic. Zubak is not that. Zubak is good. I'm not trying to. I'm he had not one trying last to... night. He had a, he had one last <laughs> night. He had a bang out last night. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that I think you 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 would also agree that like just Trez's explosiveness is hard. It's hard to replace. But I also think that they could have done a better job replacing that aspect and providing Lou with a solid guy that he knows. All right, let's get into our pick and roll system. You don't I think- know that I can slip you a pass. That's, that's hard to handle. And that you just go up and finish in, with contact with a dunk. And I just don't, I don't see that. It's clearly not clicking the same way with Zubak that it, that it was with Trez. I get that, but you know, and we're 20 games in now or we're 20. What is it? 18 games. Well, not for everybody. I mean, shit, Washington's only the Clippers, played. the Clippers have 18 games. 18. Played. Okay. Um, I do think we upgraded like the, what, what Ibaka brings, like this guy can do it all seriously. Like in the paint gets great offensive rebounds, can put it right back in, can shoot the three. I get what you're saying. They didn't replace the pick and roll guy. I yeah. Do- my argument is not Zubak or it's not Ibaka versus right. Trez right. just outright. Cause I do think Ibaka provides things that Trez didn't for your right. team. My argument is that Lou doesn't have that guy that he feels that connection with yet. And it could happen with Zub. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, Mm. uh, but I think that's something he's definitely missing. So let's just see how this road trip goes. We have a, I think we got Orlando next. It's not as hard as the Lakers road trip right now. Um, If we get Kawhi and and PG back, I'll feel a lot better. Even if we lose them for Orlando, let's just get the, the, the back end of the, of the five and I'll be perfectly fine. Another trade rumor right now that came out today was, uh, Cleveland might be buying out Drummond and Nets are trying to sign him, which I automatically said, like, you know, everybody in the East should be scared if that happens because he's the perfect guy for what they need. Uh, I was on a I was on a really cool watch party with uh, it was the Nets Miami game. It was so they had Eton Kenny Anderson, which I fanboyed over. Okay, I had a few talks with him. Kerry Kittles was in there, Alex Kennedy, and we were all just basically talking about what the Nets need. And Eton was adamant about like, "Yo, get Javale McGee. Like, you can get this guy. He's cheap. He's exactly what you need." Um, as far as just gets the rebounds, trash buckets, runs the floor, athletic. But then you get a Drummond. If you can pull a Drummond off. Like, yo, that that is a serious problem for the East, for the whole NBA, actually. Yeah, without a doubt. It seems like the, the Cavs manager, GM, 
bet on the Nets to to win the East or something. Like what what kind of favors is this man getting slid if this goes down? They Who's get a in buyout. your pocket, homie. Who's in That's, your pocket? I mean, I mean, damn. It's like it was like, yo, let us get these two dubs over your over your nets, the the Cavs. Let let, let these Cavs win these two games and I'll buy out Drummond. Because, I mean, look, the, the Nets lose that double overtime game that we talked about with Spencer Davies, and then Durant rests the next game, and then they take another L to that same Cavs team. And then everyone's back for this Miami series that was great. I really enjoyed watching both of those games. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear that they still need, as we've said all along once this trade went down, they need more depth, and they they definitely need more rebounding, and they need a, they need a fucking center other than DeAndre Jordan, who – I, you know, I, a lot has been said about DeAndre. I, I think he's, he's fine for them. I think he's fine, but right. he needs a back. Like Jeff Green cannot be your backup center. Um, and, you know, Drummond comes in, then DJ's your backup, and that's fucking solid. That is very solid right there. Uh, I will, I have to give Bruce Brown some credit because that dude plays with a lot of heart. That guy, I, he, he plays way bigger than he is. I think that guy's actually pretty serviceable off the bench. So as far as like wing depth goes, I think they have a pretty good one in that guy. Um, so maybe, you know, they address this Drummond thing and then they can look to free agency or other buyouts, uh, to bring in some other pieces to, to fill out that roster a little bit better on the wing. But if Drummond goes to the nets, that solves a, a, you know, major problem, like the major problem that they have, um, in rim protection and in, uh, rebounding. Uh, those are the two things where, you know, the series that they, they played against Miami, it was, it was just bam at a bio against the fucking nets and they almost won both of those games with bam by himself running and duncan robinson running around no jimmy butler no tyler hero no avery bradley for the for the heat in that bam murdered them bam destroyed that whole team it yeah it was awesome to watch especially that 40 point game that he had he was he was hitting everything so that guy's special but like when you're looking at like if it's really difficult to evaluate the nets because of all the changes that are that are going on there, and obviously, you know, we know that they need more pieces. But I think the most interesting thing about this so far is James Harden. Like, I, I want to get into to James Harden because it's a it's Again? it's so it's so different, dude. I'm like I'm just I'm not going to talk about his mentality. I'm just talking about how he's playing. Mm-hmm. I watched both of those games from start to finish. Guy is barely shooting, and I don't mean like oh, he's giving Kyrie or Katie the ball. I mean, barely shooting when it's him and the whole second unit. He's, instead of like his normal dribble, 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 step back shot, he's doing dribble, 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 step back pass. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's happening with James Harden. So that part of it still is the part that's that's shocking to me, watching them play, despite all the holes that they still have in the roster. That piece alone is very strange. And now, you know, people go back to that second game against the Heat and say, oh, he started to pick it up in that fourth quarter. And yeah, he had like a 10 point quarter. Awesome. The guy was averaging 35 points a game. A 10 point quarter was what he was doing every fucking quarter. Like this is not the James Harden that we're used to seeing. Uh, And I don't know if it's because he's just, he's literally going to, he's trying to be the guy, like the guy with a smile on my face and be like, Oh, everyone, uh, everybody else gets shots. Like I'm not the James Harden that you all think that I am. Uh, I I don't know what that is. And that 
me is like the most intriguing aspect other than this drum possibility. I think, I think it's like when you start dating a new girl and you finally meet the parents, right. And you want to make a really good impression and you open doors and you help washing the dishes and, you know, you engage in conversation that you really don't care about trying to please everybody, make everybody happy. And then two months after we start dating, I'm just a dick and I'm going to show my true colors and be who I am. I think that's what he's doing. (laughs) Honeymoon phase. And I think we're all expecting some form like this isn't the James Harden we know at all. You're, you're completely right with all this. Um, and I think it's going to show at some point the honeymoon phase will be over. James is going to be James. You are who you are. And, you know, somebody came when I brought up the Drummond thing today, somebody commented on our post like whatever Drummond's trash and I'm like well if 18 and 14 is trash bro then you obviously don't know basketball because 18 and 14 are monster numbers and he doesn't even need to get those in Brooklyn if he can get even half of those which he he, he's going to get anyways he'll definitely be a 15 and 10 there no matter what it'll be a huge huge pickup for Brooklyn and that's I mean that's scary for the whole NBA Drummond is I know we don't we don't talk about Drummond a lot because there's nothing fancy about him. He literally goes out and gets 18 and 13 every single night, no matter what. But if I was, if I was Milwaukee, I'd be scared shitless. Drummond can match up against Embiid and Philly. You know, that would be just be a really, really huge piece for them. And I also think that Drummond's going to be coveted by a few different teams. Everybody can use a big man. And when, if he gets bought out, that means his price is going to be cheap. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be able to sign him on a, a league minimum. Right. So I don't yeah, know. I it, I think I think the guy that that mentioned that Drummond is trash isn't necessarily wrong in certain aspects, right? Like he's not he's not somebody that you can build your franchise around, right? Like Detroit tried that uh, to an extent and it didn't work. It, it's clear that at times he's getting outplayed in in Cleveland by Jared Allen. But when you look at what the Nets need, that's why it makes so much sense. Like he, he, the, the rebounding of the defense um, and, and really offensive rebounding as well. Like that's where that guy shines and 14 rebounds a game. Nobody else is doing that. Like he's been, he's led the league in rebounds for four seasons. Right. I don't know if it's been four seasons in a row, but like he's always up there in rebounds and that would just be a huge windfall for, for the Nets. It's, and it's something that I didn't expect them to have available. Uh, you know, like, like Eton said, I was thinking like a JaVale McGee is someone they can pick off. Uh, but not, and, and I, think, I think everyone would agree that Drummond is better than McGee. So I just think if that does happen, you're absolutely right. Like that, that I, in, in my opinion, that would put the Nets as the favorite in the East. And I don't know if I think that they're the favorites right now. I mean, Milwaukee certainly has their problems. And I think, you know, Philly also is still kind of in growing their growing stages with everything that's new there. Uh, but if Drummond goes to the Nets, I, I would be hard pressed to find another team that would that would beat them in the East uh, and, and, and represent the East in the finals. I completely agree with you. Uh, I wanted to give we don't give our boy enough love, but Jalen Brown's killing it right now. Like this guy's putting up putting up some crazy numbers. Twenty seven. 27, almost six, three, shooting 53% from the field. This guy's killing it. Tatum's back. Uh, see, I think if if Boston, if Boston can pull off a Drummond too, like that would be huge for them. They could use a Drummond down there. There's a, there's definitely a bunch of teams. I don't think Ainge will 
try his best to, to pull that off. And, and it's like, do you really want to stack the nets that much? Seriously, guys, like, are we really going to do this? Even though Drummond's trash, quote unquote, but like, come on, come on, guys, let's make this, let's make this fair. You give, you give Drummond to Boston. That's a good look. Uh, well, I think Boston kind of shot their shot with Tristan Thompson. And unless, you know, Tristan leaves, I don't expect Boston to pick up somebody like They got that. him for cheap, though. I, I think, yeah. No, but I think, but my point is, is I think they played, uh, that was their play. Mm. Like, unless they're trading Tice, you know, and you include Tice in a trade to bring, you know, Drummond over. I just don't see them having those two guys and then also bringing in Drummond, uh, Boston specifically. But I do, I think you're right. I mean, if, if there's a buyout, I think a lot of teams would, would definitely you know, want somebody like Drummond on their squad. Uh, the one thing that I will say, I mean, as far as, you know, my, my point about the, the Nets becoming the favorite in the East, Drummond certainly has his issues when he goes up against marquee bigs, right? Uh, Embiid has owned him for the entire time they've played and loves playing against him apparently. So that's not a, not, not the best look when, when you look at Philly uh, as being the potential matchup that they would meet in the Eastern conference finals. Uh, and Anthony Davis just mopped the floor with Drummond uh, in that most recent Laker game, mm. blocking blocking his shot like four or five times. I don't know. I mean, I could be off there, but it seemed like there was four or five possessions where Drummond got the ball in and around the rim. And Davis just waited and was like, boop, nope, you know, you're not, not going to score that on me. Uh, so I do still think, you know, uh, Drummond is not – I would not. I would say he's definitely not one of the top five big men in the league, but he's definitely better than what they have right now. Um, so I think we can end it on that. I'm fine with that. You're talking about that Cleveland game where 36-year-old Braun dropped 47, that game, where he just gave – Yeah, 40, 46 points. 46 and just gave him the business. How are you? How yeah. are you shooting the best in your career at 36 years old? Like, it is just – so amazing. And I, Iman asked me this morning on the morning show, like who's MVP. And I'm like, it's fucking LeBron. It's you, you and I had the conversation last week. It's LeBron. And what's wild is they start all-star voting on Thursday. Like it feels like the, like wow. the season just started. All-star voting starts Thursday. And uh, yeah. Right. That's, it's so fast. weird. That is so fast. Uh, what do you got? You got anything else for us, dude? Uh, well, I mean, LeBron, uh, we, we can talk about that. Like, we don't need to talk. Quick. We don't need to. His game speaks for himself. 46 points has to be mentioned. He hit seven threes. So yeah. that's something else. Um, and I do have a quick question for you. Who's the best three-point shooter according to percentage in the NBA right now? Paul George. Alex Caruso. Oh, God. Hair, has... Hair Jordan th- no, is you... the best three-point shooter in the league, according to the percentages. Okay, according to the percentages, the there's a difference between taking 23-point shots and 63-point shots. Okay, don't there give There is. That. You're absolutely right. There is. He's the best three-point shooter percentage-wise in oh the league. Oh, my God. What's and there's shooting? nothing you can say. There's nothing, there's nothing you can say about it no. because that's the fact. No. That's a fact. Okay. Drew, you're being ridiculous right now. It's supposed to be like um, 100 shots. It doesn't matter. You're not going to talk me off this. It's it's a, it's the fact of the matter. Um, Alex Caruso is the best three-point shooter in the NBA right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, but to your point though, like KCP's also just lights out right now. Um, the Lakers are they beat Milwaukee, uh, which was a big matchup. LeBron showed out really well. Uh, Milwaukee really, again, seems to be stuck in that same one-dimensional I'm thing. I'm not buying they, them. I'm not they buy- got can, caught up. They can got, Giannis yeah, stop shooting? They got caught up in that in the bubble. Can he just play with his back to the basket, please? Can you learn a yeah. game? Please. 
Yeah, to me, when I watched that game, it was very it when Milwaukee gets into an off like a half court set, it's easy. It's easy to defend. Mm-hmm. You sag off Giannis, you beg him to shoot, Please. and sometimes he will. He'll he'll do it and he'll miss. Uh, and then other times they try some action with Drew um, or with Middleton, and it just doesn't look good. I, in my opinion, if they want Giannis to to play in a half court, he has to go into the post. Hundred percent. He has to he has to develop a back to the basket game, which he apparently has none of. Um, or you got to run if you're gonna if you're gonna play with him, not back to the basket. Get out in transition. Go go go. Let him dribble the ball up, or whoever it is, push that fucking ball. Because as soon as everything slows down, they become very easy to defend. He's shooting atrociously from the free throw line too. That's an, that's another thing. Sorry, continue. No, it's fine. He's shooting atrociously from anywhere other than dunking. Like it's not good. Right. Um, and I think the free throw stuff, that should really be an indication to Milwaukee that it may be time to stop thinking he's going to turn into Anthony Davis, right? Like let's turn him into a back to the basket guy because he can provide value there. But then, you know, then the problem with him being a back to the basket guy is then you send a double and you foul him and you send him to the free throw line. So the free throw line thing, that's not good. And, you know, when a guy that works as hard as Giannis, you would expect him to improve on, on things like that. And from everything that we can tell, it has to be mental because we know the physical capabilities are unlimited with Giannis. And, and that's the hardest part though, is once it becomes a mental hurdle, it becomes even harder for guys to overcome it. Um, so if he's becoming nervous to go to the free throw line and doesn't want the ball, like in fourth quarters, then he's useless. Then he's useless for sure because he can't shoot from outside. As soon as he puts the ball on the floor, everyone collapses. And then the only hope is that he can kick it out to a willing and, and a willing open shooter. Sometimes that will work and sometimes it won't. Uh, but if he's scared to go to the line and – and when he gets there, just has this thing. It was like, oh shit, I'm not going to make this. And he starts shooting. You know what is he like? Forty percent from the free throw. It's insanely bad from the free throw line. That's not good for Milwaukee. Uh, so I do had. I have to walk back some of my comments about them potentially being the best team in the East, even though I still think it's very possible. Uh, right now, they don't look better than Boston. They don't look better than Philly. They don't look better than the Nets even though the Nets are still incomplete. Uh, so I do, I, I, I want to make sure that I, I'm realistic with them because I had higher expectations and Drew Holiday, for as good as he is, is not unlocking the things that we were hoping he would for them offensively. You know, I, I think Simmons said it best on his show this morning, yesterday, where he's like, he just, he wishes that, that, Giannis would have instead of spending all this time trying to develop a three-point shot like can we just get a hook can we get a jump hook can we get some kind of post moves you know what I mean yeah. watch it watch Mikhail tapes because he's physically yeah, send him to go work out with Elijah one one week I, again I've said this so many times on the show why don't people utilize Akeem at all I don't understand I wanted Blake and DJ to go to Akeem for years like the value that you would get for two weeks, he'll change your whole Giannis has the footwork and the athleticism to do all that. You don't need to be shooting threes and his shot looks busted. You know, it, it doesn't look like his, his shot, his rookie year looked fluid. Like he had a fluid little jumper and now it just looks all kinds of fucked up. And when you're taking six a game, dude, like, please, you can have that. Please take that. So anyway, to, to bring it, to bring it around the Lakers, 
did a really good job against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that really did point out some of the weaknesses that Milwaukee has. We move on. We destroy Chicago. Anthony Davis has a great game. Then LeBron has his 46-point game. The reason I'm, I'm still on this is because tonight is a big night. They're, right now they're, they're playing against Philadelphia at Philly. And this, to me, as we've talked in the past, is a good matchup for Philly and for the Lakers to get a real test at this, right? You have Embiid, who's going to be a problem for any of our centers to guard. Uh, Gasol is going to have an issue. Davis will have an issue with him. Um, And then you have Simmons, who should be able to at least, you know, it depends on where they go with him defensively. Do you put him on uh, AD? Do you put him on LeBron? Like all those matchups, I think, are going to be a lot of fun to watch in this game. And obviously, they're the two uh, number one teams in, in the Eastern and Western Conference right now. So this game right now, uh, and the Lakers still undefeated away from home, will be a big one, a uh, big test uh, for both teams. So that, that should be – this should be a really good game. Good luck on that game, Drew. Who do you got? You got yeah. Lakers winning it tonight? Absolutely. I mean, LeBron coming off a 46-point effort, uh, that's got to be scary for anybody. Uh, I don't expect him to, to duplicate that. And, and I, I do want to touch on that last, last quarter from the, against the Cavs. A lot has been made of this, but apparently somebody on the Cavs organization who was present in the gym was lighting a fire under LeBron's ass, and it was very apparent. LeBron was having a great game. He was just kind of coasting in the second half, and the Cavs were right there. Like They, were, they, were, they played us really well. Um, but LeBron took that personally and then just shut out that whole team in the fourth quarter. It was, it was going, uh, and you love to see that when he gets going like that, that's awesome. It was the end of the third quarter and LeBron missed the last shot. And the guy in the front row stood up and just basically started clapping at LeBron and it's an employee for the Cavs. And then in true MJ form, he took that personally. Yeah. yeah, and I took that person. I took it personally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was hitting everything. So I mean, that's the thing, right? So like, just real quick, like to touch back on Giannis, LeBron's development of this fall away like dagger shot that he is now having his arsenal that he didn't have five years ago. This, you know, these fadeaways from you know anywhere from ten to really twenty feet. He's pulling these step back fadeaways. Uh, from a post position back to the basket. If Giannis can do even that, that would be a huge unlocking uh, factor for, for Milwaukee and for him personally, as far as him growing offensively. And it's easier when you're seven feet tall, dog. It's easier to get that shot off. Like just take advantage of your athleticism and your height. Like you could do so much in the paint. It's just so much is stressed on three point shooting right now, big man, three point shooting. And it's getting kind of annoying. You have to realize like what you're good at and what you're not like Russell Westbrook. Can you stop shooting threes? Like you're, you've been playing for 10 years, dude. You're not good at it. Giannis, you're airballing two of your five you're shooting. So you're not good at this. Find something different. Find something that you're going to excel at, please. Uh, Check us out on basketballnews.com. Uh, We have a really great podcast network. We got long form. We're doing these watch parties, which are really cool. You guys should check us out. Uh, Really cool podcast. Podcast. I I did a show with uh, the Dishes and Dimes girls this morning. They have a great Raptors podcast. If you're a Raptors fan, listen to that. Eton Thomas, James Posey, Kenyon Martins had some really cool guests. He had Method Man on the other day. Awesome interview. The question about the names that Method Man, his first rapping names, like, coming up are hilarious you guys got to check that out we also have t-shirts coming out we got we, we had our samples come in this week i really like them if you guys want them send us a dm hit us up we want some reviews 
check us out on Instagram. I mean, our page is popping at Clips and Drew. We're going to take them out with uh, Tory Lanez and my boy Lil TJ. Accidents happen. This is a banger. Turn it up. Bang it. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. Mamba forever. Shit that separates me and you, nigga, it's a long line. I done came through, bed, take a billion. Never thought that I'd be seeing this when I was young and I was playing Sega Genesis. Pancake seats made of Denny's, that's real nigga shit. Don't pay bitch nigga dead. Bet your life on the line, cause we'll make little nigga best. Nah. Look at all this dope. It ain't by XD. Nigga, I'm froze. It ain't on XD. Shoot, give me that throw. From Izzy and Rolly back, we beat up, we don't care with a police side. And we scoring for boy, we your homies at. Niggas know us, we bout it, we love the drill. So my youngest be on that, they love the feel. We pull up, we blasting this shit for real. Mama said it's for nothing, you need to chill. I'm going new, still in that gang shit. But I told you in lane switch. I catch a nigga, it ain't really about shit. We gon' spin off the strip and just change with. Ain't no security, woman, we told like 50, that's life in the gang shit. But fuck it, we live how I live and I know what I did, but it's too late to change shit. Ain't no fighting that clock, we arrange shit. If you tryna meet, that's all arranged. In the foreign, I'll pick up your main bitch. She was sucking my dick and I came quick. I ain't even gon' talk on the opposite. I can say what I want, but do not slide. Put them slipping, he ran into Popeyes. Everybody all talk to them shots fly. Gang. Look at all this dope. It ain't by XD. Bitch, nigga, I'm froze. Shoot, give me that throw. Give me that throw.